Greetings, adventurers. It's April, and we've got a joke for you all this month. Quite a few, in fact. So, while this episode may be a little bit more goofy than the others, it's totally and entirely canonical. And incidentally, a bit of a standalone, so if you feel like uh, sharing this with your friends for a good laugh, they may enjoy it as well. But, incidentally, this episode is sponsored by Brentwood Home, the creators of the best mattress I've ever slept on, The Crystal Cove. Live the green lifestyle with their affordable, natural, cruelty-free, and innovative bed and yoga products. And if you use the code DARKDICE, all caps, no spaces, in the month of April 2022, you'll also get $150 off select mattresses. A link is provided in the show notes, and a few final notes before we get started. Today's adventure is also findable and playable as a PDF from Winghorn Press. It is one of my all-time favorite adventures called Wild Sheep Chase. It is a lot of fun, and if your players don't listen to Dark Dice, we highly recommend running it at your table. Also, we are incredibly lucky today to have some amazing guest voices with us, including Paul Maya, who some of you may recognize as Dr. Kofsky, and Christopher Guerrero, who many of you will recognize from Overlord as the voice of Ein's Ul Gon. And with all that out of the way, let's get started. Seeing without sight, he hungers through the dreamless sleep. He hears you, tastes your scent, consumes your fears. You who shall never be whole. He calls for you. Feeling without a body, yearning without a soul Do you seek him? I do Do you seek him? I do Oh, startled me there I would think that difficult to do Given that this is, in fact, my dream Yes, traveling in this manner is always quite strange, I assure you. One never knows exactly where they might end up, or what form the dreamer will take. What an amazing gift you have, truly. You know, I've always hated that phrase. It diminishes any work put into honing a skill. Just accept the compliment. Sure, but let's get down to business, shall we? I require your assistance for a task that I myself will be entirely unable to do. I find that very difficult to believe, Sorin. Silyal, so kind of you to join us. I had a difficult time falling asleep. The inn I was staying in had a terrible mattress. Do I really have to read this? If I had a Crystal Cove flippable mattress by Brentwood Home, I could have been asleep in mere moments. What now? Yes, a Crystal Cove flippable mattress by Brentwood Home. An innovative, dual-sided hybrid bed with 975 8-inch precision-crafted pocketed contouring single-tempered steel coil specifically designed to promote therapeutic recovery and deep restorative sleep. The actual fuck? I said I'd apologize again. But you already know me to be something of an insomniac. Yeah, a gift from your time with the elves, if I remember correctly. The Craig, actually. Ah, Silyal. You've been imprisoned so many times, it's genuinely difficult to keep count. I grew up on stories of your adventures, but the details were always steeped in mystery. 
That's because he's the one with the big mouth. If I had my way... <laughs> if you had your way, no one would ever know of our daring adventures, and the silent clan would have no heroes. Is it true that Soren worked with the Realm Weaver? Ah, uh, that was a true Age of Miracles. Please, the real miracle was surviving the food you cooked for us. Are you really the founders of the Silent Clan? Is it true that they started calling you Old Man Rizzo? Okay, I understand. Lord Dreamcarver, how may I be of aid? I need you to ensure that the entire village sleeps soundly on the Night of the Knock in seven months' time. That's quite oddly specific. No one can know that they were put to sleep by magic and they need to wake normally at sunrise. That will be... difficult. But I can do it. Good. Their sorrow will fuel part of the ritual to bring back the saint. You don't mean... Yes. Our dear Dreamcarver has found a way to bring him back to the material plane. I will be coordinating the rest of the ritual, and our saint will ensure that we are not followed. He shall awaken. He, he shall, shall awaken. awaken. With the Silent One, the Blade of Wrath, and the Carver of Dreams, he shall awaken. So you've found him. You've learned a ritual to free him. He shall awaken from his eternal slumber. From atop his double-sided Brentwood Home Crystal Cove flippable mattress. What does double-sided even mean in this context? I'm glad you asked. One side is more firm. The other side is a little bit softer. Both sides are made with breathable, natural, and sustainably farmed Dunlop latex. After all, you don't want the world to be destroyed before our nameless lord and savior consumes and remakes it. Did you know that with a Crystal Cove mattress, you can effortlessly distribute your body's weight and relieve aching pressure points with zone support for your hips, shoulders, tendrils, and other appendages while not having to worry about rolling off because of its structurally reinforced perimeter? Well, I do hate that feeling where you're asleep and you actually start falling. Wait, how did we get back to bed? This is liberty vigilance all over again. He shall awaken from his eternal slumber. But in order to do so, there must be a sacrifice. Please just tell me it's a goddamn mattress. Or a... or a few animals. I'm afraid not. It seems we need a very particular type of sacrifice. Full of life, in fact. Youthful. Something to do with their boundless inspiration or creativity. The children. Of the hope, yes. We'll need almost all of them. Just to be clear, we will take all of them, just to be sure. I don't... I don't hold any illusions that we can pull this off twice. His chains will be broken. The world shall be remade. The, the world, world shall be remade. And the Silent One has lent me a gift to guide the children from their homes, so long as everyone is asleep. Could we perhaps leave Constance and Daniel? Young Baron? All of the children. Of course. There is more. In six months' time, Soren shall visit you. You shall be a stranger to him, so treat him with the kindness and caution of a stranger in need. You don't need to explain this now. I... I don't understand. My older brother would rather not tell you, but it's vital to our success that you know this much. When you meet him, 
he will be a stranger to the Silent Clan, and have no memories of his past. Prepare space for him in your barn, and show him the same kindness you would show a stranger. I... okay. I will remain vigilant, and avoid drawing attention to him. Do not tell him of our plans. Do not raise suspicion with him. Do not allow him to join you in your mission. But I... Lie if you have to. Yes, Rathblade. And you damn well better have one of those nice beds for me. Yes, Dreamcarver. I... I do have a question, though. How can I be sure this isn't just a part of my subconscious? Because I am in control. Yes, Dream Carver. Of course. <sighs> I'm asleep, safe in the hope. Yet something tells me this isn't a dream I'm having. No. You know who you really are. And the things you've done to get here. You can't just walk away... No amount of running can change your past. Do you seek him? 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 Make it stop! Never play games of fate. Dark Dice, The Long Road, Chapter 7B, Wild Sheep Chase. How did you guys sleep? Pretty good, pretty good. Uh, Lyasha brought over some chicken soup so we can eat and depart before the sun rises. It's a good way to start the day, so they tell me. Hmm. So, what was this about a crystal cove? Treasure, perhaps? It's a mattress at... Yeah, but, but, but you know what? We can talk about that later. Or never. I'm just gonna go slurp some soup in silence, hmm? I'm, uh... <laughs> I'm gonna get some soup. Soup sounds good to me. Lom, can you pour a bowl for me, too? I just pick it up and pour it into bowls right out of the pot. With a very swift motion, Glom passed each of them a bowl of delicious soup. But when Ildrix and Soren touched the edges of their bowls, they discovered the outside of the bowls to be a little bit wet and sticky, a sensation that they found unpleasant, as most do in such a situation. However, the soup itself was tasty. Mm. It's a four stars. It's all good. I like it. So, quick recap. We killed a monster, survived some shady happenings, and had discussed faking our deaths. Or going north to get the 700 gold. Or south, to make Travis plan for something down to the south. Isn't that where the innkeeper we met fled? That's, uh, maybe? I didn't get any chicken in my soup. <laughs> Would you like a bite of the chicken that you gave me? Thanks. All right, here. Yildrix passed Glom a small chicken foot. Glom goes back to the wall and noms on the chicken foot and just looks to Gale for what we're going to do in this mess. 
girl's going to pass over whatever is left of her soup to Glom. And so just kind of address people at random and say, um, so, north or south? It seems north would be sensible. There's 700 gold and a righteous quest for vengeance waiting for us up there. The main road would also allow us to catch up with them a lot faster than the other road. I think uh, Travis, uh, I mean, uh, Neddard, uh, mentioned that we could take a roundabout way northeast towards Zalstadt or something, and I think that would be close enough in the right direction, but uh, far enough to still keep the uh, gods on their toes. So, uh, let's leave this village and... rebuild and, their cult to the Dark One. And rebuild their cult to the Dark One. And, I mean, when we're passing back down to the south, we can probably take care of that then. Just to clarify, what was the, uh, the ability to speak words? What was the benefit of murdering the Hell Shields, you mean? Simply that. So it would potentially blow our cover and just give us some moral superiority? Yep. I can do without the moral superiority, that's fine. <laughs> Beautiful. Then let us head north immediately. Great. How far is it to Odin? We're about 211,000 beds away. Beds? Yeah, I thought that uh, some kind of unit of measurement for humans... <laughs> oh, I see what you did there, Travis. Uh, j- just to clarify for those who aren't playing the game with us... Uh, he sends us little DMs with information. <clears throat> Moving on. The team headed north on foot through the hazy mists of the bright veil. The travel neither difficult nor enjoyable as they marched in glum silence, taking the northeastern split at the crossroads towards Zeltstein. They were not seen nor stalked as they traveled, their stealth aided by a brief rainstorm which seemed to hail, then rain again before abating into fog once more. Their only encounter in the late morning was a shig farmer tending to his flock. The woolly pigs paid the team no mind, but the farmer's eye briefly made contact with Soren's, his golden eyes strangely matching Soren's intensity and giving the hunter pause before the team continued forward. The travelers took a brief break around midday to hunt and subsequently eat some of the berries they gathered before continuing their march through to sunset. You know what? We've walked plenty today and we're in no rush. Why don't we think about stopping for the night and cooking some of the meat Soren caught? I suppose that would probably be wise considering we don't want to continue to travel at night. If we can avoid it. That's sensible. I wish we had an inn to stay in, though. I've been spoiled with two nights indoors in a row. So, the surrounding area. Just off the road on the right, there's a spot that appears to be a regular stop for caravans. A little patch of dirt next to the hill with a small stone wall and a pit we can use to make a campfire. Looks good to me. Just to be sure, keep a sharp watch. Yeah. I'll take first watch. (sighs) I'll join you then. Oh, and, um... Let's just all remember that we shoot the other people when we're attacked, not us. Ildrix? I I recognize the air in my ways, good friend Glom. And I will do my best to refrain from burning my friends. Well, good night then. What's Glom up to once the camp is set up? Glom is sitting by the fire and whittling. Then, um, Gail is going to sit nearby, not, not too close, just so that she can have a slightly wider view of the camp, um, and just to keep an eye on everyone. Glum looks like he's just trying to distract himself with the whittling, so she'll ask him, Brother, are you okay? I feel like we're just... I don't know. 
lost. I feel like we've fallen off the path. Path of what? I don't know. I feel like we were doing something good. We had purpose when we were working with Sir Percy. Everything just made sense. Well, we had a plan and a clear leader. This is just a bit less structured. Party members that attack us. Unspeakable. I'm sure it wasn't his fault. Things. Um, the monster woman was a little odd. And the animals against the trees. That was unpleasant. And the teeth. But I feel like we have good travelling companions. Apart from being nearly murdered by one that one time. You know, they just set me on fire. <laughs> it was fine. It's all fine. You always could make me laugh, Gail. Do you feel like we're being hunted? I don't. Not anymore. You can feel it too, right? I can't. Yeah, you're probably right. What the hell? Literally to the second. Everyone, wake up. Something's coming. What's going on? Whatever this fiend may be, it's approaching without fear. The dark, bulky shape ran at the team at full speed, stopping only just short of the fire's edge. Weapons drawn, they began to discern its features and were surprised to note a fluffy white coat of fur surrounding a black and goat-like face. Is it wearing a wizard cap? Did someone order mutton for dinner? What's going on? The sheep gave Glom a sour glare and bleated before walking closer to Gale, a scroll of parchment visible in its mouth. This may have something to do with that, um, that magic you don't wholly approve of, Glom. But I don't think this sheep is necessarily evil. Um, le- let me deal with this. You, um, you can stand watch for anything else coming our way. Glom walks away from the fire and just watches out. The sheep nudged the scroll into Gale's hand and she examined it. Her knowledge of wizard scrolls was somewhat limited, but she understood its wax seal to mean that this was a scroll that would allow her and her companions to talk to animals. However, modifications on the scroll for easier reading seemed to limit its power to specifically only allow for conversations with sheep. Okay, so, um, things are about to get really weird. (laughs) Weirder than what we've been through in the last couple of days? Right. Gail will unfold the scroll, uh, read it quickly aloud, and address the sheep. Hablamos con nuestro amigos. I think it worked. The sheep's frantic bleating transformed into an elvish-accented common with the slightest hint of bleat. I'm, I'm so sorry, um, Mr. Sheep, sir, Hello. I... Hello! Oh, God, can you understand me? Can you understand... I can, sir. Oh, thank fuck. I thought I'd be stuck like this forever. I rather think you may well be, uh, but um, at least we can understand you, so there's that. Ah, well, thank you all the same. I was worried for a moment that you'd be illiterate and try and eat me. My name is Finithir Shinebright, and I'm a wizard in dire need of your aid. Where'd the, where'd the goat come from? That's sheep. So, Thank you very much. Sorry, sheep. Where did you come from, sir? It's a bit of a long story, a dangerous one. But I'd be happy to tell you, because I require your assistance. Side quest. Ah, is this normal? Does this sort of thing happen in human lands regularly? No. Glom broke his gaze from the talking sheep just long enough to catch the sounds of footsteps drawing closer. Taking a few paces away from the party, 
he could clearly see a tall, muscular figure walking beside three very large wolves. You there, halt! The humanoid's pace slowed but continued, the long cloak flowing in his wake as he reached the edge of the firelight. In the light of the moon and the glow of the fire, the figure, a man, was revealed to be a physically powerful orc, weapons affixed to his wide shoulder armor. So Glom is drawing his bow and arrow but keeping it pointed at the ground. I said halt! The orc smiled as he planted his feet. His features, typical for his kind, reminded Glom of a grinning skull. His short nose and dark-set eyes were flanked by a pair of wide ears, his short fur tinted green. Uh, I'm not sure what to do now. Uh, why are you approaching our camp? Finithir, were you being pursued by chance? Ugh, and just when I thought I'd snuck past him, they're going to try and take me back! <clears throat> Sorry, I had something stuck in my throat. You can't let them do that! It is vitally important that you aid me! Well, this is actually quite embarrassing to admit, but Ahmed Noak has... Excuse me, travelers. That sheep is the property of Master Noak, and he very much desires to have it returned. Uh, sir, I don't know what sheep you're talking about. I suggest you start backing away from our camp. As the bleeding continued behind Glom, he required a deception check. Eighteen. Okay. Well, uh, but still... So, I think you might believe what you are saying. But if you'll turn your head that way. Yep, thank you. Right behind you is a small, white, fluffy creature called a sheep. And belongs to Master Nook. It escaped and is of great sentimental value to him. So here's what we're going to do. You're going to take three steps back. And we're going to wait for my party back there to get over whatever's going on, and then we're going to talk, okay? And I lift the bow and arrow, pointing it in his direction now and pulling it back to aim. Three steps back. The three wolves growled low. Hearing the fuss of my brother, Gale is going to move slightly closer, but still out of his uh, out of his eye line, and cast Awakened Mind and speak to the orc. You saw no sheep. That's not a sheep. It looks like a sheep, but it's dark. You must be mistaken. In fact, look behind you. There's definitely a sheep over there. Gail was now also required to roll a deception check. Eighteen. But, uh, you know, I... Uh, I think there's something in my ear. Please give me a moment. York began to shake his head. Yeah, that's great. Three steps back. Now. Yeah, whatever. There's no need for threats. The York took three small steps back never turning his back to Glom. So Glom lowers the bow and arrow slightly. Now we'll just wait a minute until my party is ready to talk, okay? How many are you traveling with? Are all the people over there with you? Nice try. Now just stand there like a good boy and wait. Oh, whatever. You have two minutes. The orc gave a shrill whistle, and the wolves began to circle the group, cutting off any escape. Fine. Gale, we have a visitor who's looking for a sheep. He's looking for a sheep. There are no sheep here. That's what I told him. No, no sheep here. <laughs> Goddamn sheep. <laughs> yeah, he's given us the two minutes. I'm going to ask um, Finithir Noak. Uh, this Noak, he turns you into a sheep? Yes. Well, as I mentioned, it's... Quite a... I realize it's a long story, but we've we got to wrap it up here in two minutes. Well, okay. 
I was, uh, I was sitting on my very comfortable bed. A crystal cove mattress with activated charcoal-infused memory foam. In a meditative trance, when I noticed my apprentice, Omid Noak, was standing over me, looking somewhat fierce. Well, for a human, anyway. And clutching my magical wand of polymorphing. You see, I'm a transmutationist. I've been studying magical polymorphism my entire life. And that wand is the product of decades of work. Anyway, when I asked what the boy was doing, the only noise I could produce was an angry bah! He's been so unsufferable, forcing me to graze on nothing but grass and buttercups for two years! Two years! I mean, it sounds pretty, pretty chill. It was most certainly not chill, good sir. Though I have somewhat developed a taste for them. So... I need to return back to my true form, and I need your help to recover my wand in order to do so. Noak and the wand are in my woodland laboratory. So we gotta go there? Yes, but it's not too far. I only just escaped. Waited till they fell asleep and took the scroll with me. Thankfully, I came across you lot. Okay, I'm gonna begin walking towards the orc and say, All right, we have your sheep, but we need to come with you. So... You're going to peacefully return the sheep? I mean, we're going to travel with... with the sheep. And you. Why? Where I come from, it is customary to return pets directly to their owner. It's an honor-bound ritual of my tribe. Also, it's a side quest. Having already succeeded two incredible deception rolls against the orc, he simply scratched his chin at this strange request. Well, I guess that seems agreeable. However, please keep in mind that Master Nook does not have an interest or ability to compensate you for your assistance. He is but a humble master transmutationist, wrapped in a life of seclusion and academic study. Not to mention his college loans. That will not be a problem, friend. We'll just follow right behind you. How's that? You just turn and start walking. We'll be right here behind you. I get the feeling that this one doesn't like me for some reason. They were a bit abrasive. The orc took two paces forward. So, um, could you pass me the sheep, Mr. Abrasive Soldier Clown? I pull the bow, and I lift it and aim it right at him. I should have used sir. Glum, 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 glum. Uh, uh, put that down. Uh, how about we all travel together with the sheep in the middle of the group, like as a, uh, a compatriot? I mean, we're all going to the same place, and I'm not entirely convinced that those wolves won't just eat him. I see no harm in it. You want me to go with him? Shush. Bah! The sheep will come, and uh, while we walk, we can catch up on each other's backstories. Uh, You seem quite educated, and I'm sure you have more than a few interesting stories. Fraternizing with the enemy? Thank you, traveler. Yeah. Hold on just a moment. Fire safety. There's always time for fire safety. Thank you, Soren. So, what do you specifically mean by backstories? As you know, you, uh, you grow up. You have things that happen to you. Like when you were a younger orc, maybe you went on adventures. You can tell a story about that, perhaps. Ah, okay. Backstory. Where I come from. We simply call that getting to know someone. Uh, maybe a story about budding orc love in your younger years, or something like that. There was one summer when my heart stalled 
at the sight of true beauty, never to beat the same way again. <laughs> oh, hair like fields of lavender. A smile well, that Well, we'll could... talk about that, but, uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's start walking. Oh, if only I could look upon that face again. The story is truly a tragedy. The wolves began to give the team more distance, following from behind, but never getting too close. An additional hooded figure emerged from the shadows to join the wolves, large and bulky, with features difficult to make out in the shadows and darkness. Can I tell anything about this giant hulking creature? Fourteen. Lon noticed the creature was covered in fur, and appeared to be a, a hooded bear just walking upright. I sort of try to sidle next to Ildritch where I can speak out of the corner of my mouth. And... Okay, so we have wolves, a bear, I think, and we're just going with them. The bear's eyes appraised Glom with intelligent curiosity. A bear with very alluring eyes. Yeah, I mean, I haven't thought this all the way through, but we need to get this sheep to where he needs to be so that he can maybe polymorph back into an elf. Okay. Did the bear just wink at me? Good orc friend. Uh, what, uh, sorry, what was your name? Guz Coltes Lana the left-handed, but you can call me Gus. Guz, great. Uh, and your and your other compatriot here, what uh, what is his or her name? The sheep, or no, no, the big big hooded friend here. Oh, that's little Thurbling the sly. Little little Thurbling, kind of a an ironic name. Yeah, he wasn't always a bear. Tell me about this. How did he not always be a bear? Uh... Guz scratched his head for a few moments, contemplating Ildrix's words and the best response. I don't think that Master Nook would appreciate me giving too many details, but uh, suffice to say that little Thurbling is a pot goblin, Does... in a manner of speaking. Does Burbling speak? The bear looked at Ildrix, scratching its belly before yawning at him. Awkward. So, uh, so where are we headed here with your, your caravan of wolves? I noticed that we've basically left the main road to walk into the woods. We're headed to the study of Master Noak, which is located within the woods. I'm told it used to be part of a wood elf encampment. Hmm. How long has Noak been your master? His title does not reflect his ownership of me or any other individual. Simply that he's the master of his discipline. Bah! A wizard worthy of respect. Bah! But to answer your question, we have been friends for a fairly long time by the standards of most creatures. I really like Master Noak. I'll say it. He may be a bit on the paranoid side, but he treats all living creatures with the respect they deserve. And uh, he really likes this this sheep. Yes, that's his favorite sheep. It's quite sentimental. Mm. It was given to him perhaps by his mother or something. <laughs> or something, yes. His old master. Oh, who was his old master? Vinithmir Shinebright. Oh, oh, and uh, it was it was given to him as kind of a, a parting parting gift. Like, how did this come about? A parting gift is more or less accurate. Finithir was also a talented transmutationist, but he was arrogant. Bastard! Unkind to those under his employ, those he traded with, 
and became quite unpopular even among those who risked their lives daily to serve him. One day, we... One day he retired, and when he retired, he gave the sheep to Master Noak, just like you said. Can I make an insight check to see if this is this is true, or at least feels true to him? Uh, it's a 15. Ildrick's got the impression that most of what Guz said was true. Mm. So, the sheep is a slave? No, uh, it's a sheep. This, this old master, you said um, Master Noak treats all creatures with respect. Was the old master racist or something? Well, uh, no, just not a... Uh, uh, Finneth cared about his work. Master Noak sees what's within, mm. and he genuinely cares about the individuals who help him accomplish his work. He cares about who you are, not what you are, and gives everyone working under him an opportunity to learn and grow with him. He saw my fondness for language and has helped me acquire the skills I will one day use to change the course of a heart that turned from me so many years ago. Master Noak has shown all of us that we are worthy and need only practice to improve our skills. Guz took a few steps back to the bear, who had seemingly gotten closer to join the conversation, and gently pat the beast on the back. And, um, what is your friend here? Hmm... Well, we can see what's on the outside. What's, um, inside? A very, very smart bear. The bear nodded with Guz. Well, friend friend Guz, uh, we have been traveling for quite some time. And uh, maybe because Mr. Master Noak is so understanding of people and their true selves, maybe he would allow us to to stay the night. Hmm. He very well might agree to that. You did help him get his sheep back. And we have a few extra beds. They're not Brentwood Home Crystal Cove flippable mattresses, mindfully designed for active lifestyles. But I guess any bed is better than sleeping in the mud. Um, well, that was oddly specific. Uh, no, no, you stop that. Don't ask about it. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, we did help with the sheep. Or maybe there's somewhere else near the house we could stay. Um, I, I mean, I wouldn't want to impose. It'll probably be no problem at all. We'll be there in maybe 20 minutes. So, you can even go back to your campsite too, if you feel uncomfortable about sleeping in the woods. Are there lots of, lots of people or, or otherwise beings at Master Noak's house? There are a few guards, naturally. The rest of the team that helps keep our master of transmutation safe. Naturally. So Glom starts to walk nearer Gale. Gale, we're flanked. And we're heading to a wizard with more guards. We might need a distraction shortly. I think he might be right. Are you ever going to ask about my side of the story? I'm going to pretend that sheep is not speaking. You, you all carry on. I'm going to talk to Soren for a moment next to the sheep. So, quickly, explain your side of the story. You're going to need to convince us that you're not an asshole. Guz didn't seem to understand Finithir, nor notice Scale quietly bawling at the sheep. Ba, 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 ba. <sighs> well, until just two years ago, I owned and worked out of a tower just a bit north of here. As I mentioned before, I'm a wizard of no small talent. Specializing in transmutation magic. I was creating wonders of magic 
the most prized of my possessions, perhaps the very key to my success, being my wand of true polymorphing. Now, I told you already of how my apprentice betrayed me, a vile act of treason, and that I was left in my own garden. But you didn't hear how I escaped, only just tonight, after he finally slipped up and forgot to close the door when he returned from the outhouse. So I went to my secret bookshelf located on the wall next to my bedroom, the one I used to sleep in, and took a scroll of Speak to Animals. I waited until the bastard Noak fell asleep, and it didn't take too long because, like I mentioned before, my bedroom, the room he claimed for himself, contains a very nice mattress. <clears throat> so, I snuck out of the grounds searching for someone who could read the scroll someone who wouldn't try to eat me. Adventurers like yourselves. At worst, I thought I'd try my luck in Ilmater's Hope. After all, the mayor and the innkeeper there owe me a few favors. But as luck would have it, I found you instead. Now when we arrive at my home, you need to take the wand and use it to return me back to my regular self. From there, I should be more than able to handle the situation. You said you were friends with, um, the shopkeeper, Baba. Yes, I is the innkeep. Only slightly used wares at wholesale prices, is the motto, I believe. How did you come to know him, Baba? Well, I would buy supplies from him fairly regularly. He's one of the few shops in the Vale willing to sell rare drugs and poisons, which I use harmlessly as, uh, as components in work. I see. Why are you particularly close with him, Baba? Yes. Uh, well, not really that close, but I sort of helped him relocate to Ilmater's Hope when he was first starting out, and since then I've bought enough things from him to pay for the renovation of his shop. I wouldn't call us friends, but I'd like to believe that he'd help me. Gail is going to uh, shoot Ildrix a look and uh, shake her head. Um, yeah, I'll drop back to, uh, to Gail and uh, just say, uh, is is there an issue? Our uh, fluffy friend here appears to have befriended some of the people we came across, uh, including the shopkeeper. I don't have a particularly good feeling about this, but neither do I have a particularly good feeling about where, where we're going. Good. Uh, friend Finithir, in Ilmeter's Hope, were you working with the Hell Shields, Baba? The Hell Shields? Those anti-magicsters? Heavens, No. By the nine hells, no! I worked with the innkeep and sometimes had tea with the mayor. They were quite a cute couple. At least I think they were dating? Who we know to be murdered a few months ago. I feel like Finithir here has not been to Ilmater's Hope in quite some time. No, I think not. Should we tell him? Perhaps that's for another day. Do you know Delvin Brighthope, the mayor? Worked from a two-story building on the east side of town? Yeah, Baba. Oh, beautiful garden. Beautiful garden, Baba. Yes, quite. I, uh, I do not feel that this is a reason enough to think that Finithir is worthy of his current fate. He okay, said everyone, has... while we're all trying to figure out <laughs> the status of the sheep, we have ten minutes before we're going to be surrounded with more guards and a wizard that turns people into animals. Just saying. Soren had uh, stepped forward to kind of take the place of 
Ildrix near Guz there to hold his attention, but he now needs to step back and uh, speak to Shinebright. Uh, I will again swap places, so we're doing like a ball cup situation here. <laughs> oh yes. So as uh, quietly as possible, Shinebright, this wand of polymorphine, I'm assuming it's what was used to turn all of our uh, larger friends here into their current form? Uh, Baba? Yes. The wolves, too. Those used to be my assistants before their loyalty was purchased. Finithir's anger was palpable as he spat into the microphone. <clears throat> I mean, past Soren's feet. So, in your mind, is there the potential for us to get a hold of that wand without too much of a problem, Baba? It might prove to be quite the difficult task. Noak's a very paranoid boy. I've been watching his mind go from the garden. And let me tell you, it's really going. And I'm assuming he keeps it on his person at all times, Baba. Oh, most assuredly. Hmm. Does he have any secret pockets that you know about where he keeps Cheez-Its, Baba? Hmm. <laughs> on that specific topic, I don't know. But I do know that underneath the bed, that legendary Crystal Cove mattress by Brentwood Home, its toxic and cruelty-free Green Guard Gold Certification validating it for standards on CO2 and chemical emission standards. Beneath that softest bastion, there is a secret cupboard just beneath the headboard. I used to keep chocolates there. That is very helpful. Bah. Sorry, I, I didn't quite understand you. I, I just said thank you, Baba. So are you suggesting that we go into the house, Baba? Indeed I am. But I wouldn't bring these unfaithful wolf lackeys there and combine them with the rest of his vile minions. Also, you mustn't physically hand me back to him. Well, that is certainly not our intention, Baba. Ah, good. The boy doesn't wash his hands properly. So the, uh, house. Are there any back entrances, a cellar, anything like that, Baba? No. Being of wood elven design, it's, it's more of a two-roll revival treehouse, if you follow me. Built around and within four sturdy oak trees, shaped and woven to create three living areas. Beyond the single walkway, it has no other real entrance to speak of. The first area is the garden, the second is the primary living area, and the final one is my bedroom, which houses, above all else, my Crystal Cove mattress, which I would prefer to be undamaged in whatever hijinks you get into. All in all, a charming three-bedroom wizard's roost with a detached outhouse and forest view. Low crime, high walkability score. Is he trying to describe it or sell it to us? You said that it's a three-bedroom, Baba? It has two detached mother-in-law suites. Not that I'm married. One is where the minions sleep and the other was for my assistant. But I think Guzzet Coltes uses it now. And do we need to be aware of anything else? We know about the wand, but is there any other magical instruments or traps that we need to know about, Baba? Not that should affect you, no. However, there is... there are three additional guards that... No, four additional guards! And are all these humans, Baba? This is getting ridiculous. <sighs> I understand that young Nope turned them into something else. I fled very quickly, so I'm not exactly sure what they might be anymore. Understandable. Yeah, I'm sure we can trust a talking sheep wizard. Yes, he's been quite chatty tonight. He's normally quite sheepish. No, 
Didn't like that pun. Would it be too much to ask of you to put the bow away? Just keep walking. Uh, Eldrix tries tries to draw Glo or Guz's attention again. He's like, "So tell tell me about that that one summer fling you had back in back in when you were but a young orc." It was the summer of '04, and the fireflies had just returned to the fields. Oh, if only I had a more robust vocabulary, I could have begun to properly share the true depths of my affection. And. And then, as this conversation is happening, he's looking back to everybody else like, come on, wrap this up. You told us that there is a secret cupboard beneath the headboard. Where is that room, Baba? Ah, that's in my bedroom. The sanctum that houses my luxurious mattress. The mattress makes the bed, you know. A bed free of wool, feathers, or down. Did you know that Brentwood Home offers a 25-year limited warranty and a trial period? Anyway, the walkway will lead to the garden area, which connects to the main laboratory. The door on the other end is the lounge, and the door on the left will take you to the bedroom. There are no windows you could fit into because it's a tree, but there are a few holes large enough to fit a face because I quite enjoy light coming into my study from time to time. Anyway, the secret cupboard beneath the bed is really only where I hid midnight snacks so the others wouldn't think I was holding out on them. It's just about large enough to fit two slices of cake. You keep cake under your bed, Baba. Well, of course. Doesn't everyone? Uh, I see. So when we get into the second building, the sitting room is on the left or the right, Baba? In the second building, the sitting room is just through the door on the lefterly side. So we go to the left into the sitting room. Then the door to the right, that's the bedroom, and that's where you kept No, your... no, two lefts, two lefts! But I can't have bed cake now because I fear that my sheeply constitution could not handle it! I'm fairly certain you're right, Baba. And do you not think that's maybe where he's keeping the wand, Baba? And lose a perfectly good hiding place for cake? No, surely he would keep the wand on his person! I see. So, why are we looking in this secret cupboard, Baba? You asked where the chocolate was! I most certainly did not. Hold up a second. I have to tie my shoe. Everyone stopped as Glom placed his hands over his laceless boots and pantomimed a tying motion. Ahead of the party, a series of four sturdy oak trees were now in plain view, partially transformed into a residence by druidic and transmutative magics, around which were three thick platforms. The lowest of the platforms, the one on the right, was roughly forty feet across and was situated ten feet from the ground. The only obvious route up, a gentle path formed from roots and branches, led to its curious blue door, while a second path of branches led from another door in the same platform on its western face to the centralmost trees. The rounding platforms that ringed all three tree structures were slightly bowl-shaped, with flowers forming around their edges. Form, function, and beauty in one. Wood elven craftsmanship at its finest. The largest of the three structures was the middle one, encompassing two trees with a sixty-foot diameter, situated twenty feet above the ground and fully enclosed within a wall of twisting branches. Evenly spaced window-sized gaps were visible as well as doors facing the other two platforms. The final and tallest platform, which Finithir previously identified as the bedroom, was the smallest of the group, thirty feet high and linked only to the central structure. The two smaller wooden houses visible on the ground were likely the aforementioned residences, while the third ground-level structure was a luxury-sized outhouse. On the grounds before the path of the first platform, a trio of armored apes quietly played with oversized dice, great swords embedded in the ground next to them. 
<sighs> so as Glom stands up, his bow falls off his shoulder, and he just reaches down casually to pick it up, holding it in one hand that way. Now, Glom, you're going to need to hold your temper here. Some of this may make you feel a little uncomfortable. I was frankly uncomfortable when he mentioned bed cake. Uh, he, he knows cake has to be refrigerated, right? I do believe we don't have the tactical advantage here. I think you may be right. It's too late for a distraction. We need to get into a smaller space. Well, I think if we if we were inside, then that would certainly... Mm-hmm. It would give them less of a tactical advantage. Yes, indeed. But what are we going to do with the sheep? I don't give a flying you-know-what about a sheep. I, I'm sure you don't, but I've got a feeling he might be useful. We can bring him inside. I think we ought to keep him safe. Fine. I'll keep him safe. Inside sheep? That could work. Sorry, shoes tied. We can keep going, everyone. <laughs> yeah, inside sheep. Inside sheep. Let's do this. The team moved toward the area before the first platform where Guz addressed the lead wolf. Please inform Master Nook that we have guests. Who quickly passed through the door to the first platform, opening the door with dexterous paw work and disappearing behind it without a sound. Tom is slowly moving towards the back of the group and is going to move off to the side a little. I imagine that Guz has, is finishing... His, his tale of of his summer fling. And what a tale it was. Oh, well, good friend Guz, that was a tale to behold. <laughs> mm, unfortunately, the speak to sheep spell won't help us with the bear, wolves, or apes. And the treehouse itself isn't going to be easy to scale, since the apes have already noticed us. My heart aches for your pain, though I am glad that you found your love of words through that experience. So we're perfectly centered in the killing field. Yes. And I wonder if this was intentional. Glom just keeps trying to admire things and look at things and just move a little further away from Oh, I brought the sheep. Within the doorway, a middle-aged human wizard with dark rings under his eyes appeared, yawning and stretching as he surveyed the team. Well, Bob, hello, and thank you for uh, returning my sheep. I understand that some sort of skeleton custom forced you to personally escort the sheep home. In return, I will, um, not destroy you all. Thank you, you may leave. Noak, is it? Noak looked back toward the team, as he'd already begun to pass through the door of his home. Yes? Let's have a discussion about your sheep. Hold on, just one minute. Noak hurried through the door, closing it behind him, and was briefly visible power walking up toward the central structure, going through its windows and appearing again on the outer platform a few moments later. Oh, God. What would you like to talk about? We are, uh, adventurers of a sort. We're on a quest north to Auden, and we are in need of the services of a powerful wizard. What sort of quest? We are trying to hunt down a pair of murderers. Hmm. I don't like murders. Neither do we. There is also a 700 gold bounty. 700 gold? They sound dangerous. Uh, what would you need from me? Well, frankly, we were hoping you could help us pull this off with a few powerful spells. We heard that you're a master wizard. Yes, I am a revered master of transmutation, Ahmed Noak. Lying bastard! 
You're a hackhead wizard at best. In case you don't understand, transmutation is the art of transforming things into other things. That is what I do. That sounds very impressive. I don't mean to be a skeptic, but do you have any proof of this power? We'll be giving you a lot of money and... You need look no further than the forms around you. Yes, all the creatures you see used to be human. A rock, a goblin. Or would it be goblins? I have enhanced them, given them new form and power. Really? At that moment, the outhouse began to rumble and shook as a second bear opened the door to depart, holding toilet paper. Hmm. Charming. Bad time to ask to use the washroom, I guess. The bear closed the door behind itself and moved to stand near the team. Were they transformed of their own free will? More or less. More or less? Yeah? Noke nodded to himself in a way that did not reassure Gale. And once transformed... Can you still communicate with them? Iggy! Do you understand me? The bear on the left nodded. Would you kindly clap your hands? That would be most pleasing. And I will, uh, make sure that we buy you some more honey. The brown bear began to slowly clap its massive paws. Again, I in no way mean to, uh, not believe your power, but frankly, on our travels, we have seen wizards before with the ability to speak to animals. It's not really going to help us. How do we know for sure that you can transform these creatures? What? I said, how can we be sure that you can really transform creatures? The, the sheep, for example. I mean, this is just a sheep, right? This isn't one of the uh, servants you've transformed? A sheep is uh, just a sheep. I could transform something that is that is within my my ability. Uh, how about um... we certainly we yeah, we wouldn't want to interfere with any of your guards here. Yeah, the sheep is the easiest one to transform, surely. Surely, surely, but it uh, it's my prized sheep, a uh, parting gift from an old friend of mine. I could transform one of you, if you'd like. That wouldn't be too hard. Oh, that would frighten me greatly, sir. What about the other way? I mean, obviously it's easy to transform something into an animal, but could you transform the other way? That would be really impressive. Well, it it requires components, and the uh, components are very difficult to find. I don't want to waste them just to impress you. I see. And and what would these components be? Time. Words. Gold. The uh, root from a fairly rare shrub. A bit of chocolate and a small diamond. All things that I'm assuming a transmutational master would keep on hand. And we could split the reward money with you for only the smallest bit of assistance. Zorn could roll a persuasion check. Fifteen. What would you like to see something transformed into, just for argument's sake, if we decided to do this? I, for one, would would assume that turning this sheep into a human would be the most impressive. That's a horrible thing to say! Take it back! Yes, 
I suppose I could turn him into a human, but, um, I really like him as a sheep, you see. Is there anything else I can transform? Maybe one of you as a small pet, nephew, or horse? I'm afraid not. Did he say nephew? How about one of these bears? How about one of the bears? Those are my loyal servants. I will not change their shapes for your amusement. Mm, okay. Uh, how about yourself? No, that's not a... That's not a good idea. That's... It's a horrible idea, actually. I wouldn't be able to transform myself back. I mean, only, well... A true master of a wizard should be able to turn himself back. I do not have to prove myself to the likes of you. I'm not a parlor wizard at a children's birthday party. I am a master transmutationist, and I will not be shoehorned into tropes of court hedge wizardry. Do you need my help or not? We need your help if you can prove that you can turn this sheep into an elf. This is preposterous! What could I possibly gain if I expend resources to transmute my own sheep? Well, if you can turn him into an elf, there will be an entire city's worth of treasure in it for you. The 700 gold is just the start. I mean, truly, you don't have to do it, but we are of good standing throughout the Bright Vale and could acquire valuable resources for you to experiment on along the way. I'm getting a bit tired of this. We have talked to your good friend Guz. He can tell you all about how we've been very compliant and very agreeable in bringing the sheep to this point. Plainly put, what will you give me right now if I transform the sheep? I require equivalent exchange. I have within my possession a magical relic that may be of interest to you. You could certainly see it as proof that we do have something we can really offer you. You can borrow it for a few days as trade. I may have something. I have a ring that was worn by my mother. It shows you things that you want to see. I would be willing to exchange this for your display of power. May I? May I see it? Sure. I'll be down in just a moment. <laughs> True to his word, Noak hurried back down and moved to speak with Gale. Gale slips the ring onto her hand before showing the ring. Glom is tightening his grip on his longbow and positioning his hand near his quiver, trying to look casual. So, could you... Would you kindly... The brown bear and Guz stepped closer, drawn in by the power of Gale's ring. So, what does it do? So, as she puts the ring on her finger, um, she breathes on it, and the black raven appears on its surface. I do like ravens. That is pretty impressive. Noak's face shifted from interest to disappointment. Aww. A simple parlor trick. I could do that. I can do that. I'm sure you could. And maybe when you have the ring, you could do just that. Or maybe it will turn into something else you want to see. Interesting. Ah, so if I say no and I don't wish to work with you, you'll just leave? Yes? 
We have no quarrel with you, certainly. We would be disappointed that our uh, generous gift of bringing the sheep to you went unreturned, but we would leave in peace. Wink, wink, wink. Keep in mind that we would remember if you should require our help later. And perhaps we would not be quite so kindly inclined to help. Surely you've heard of the Carver of Dreams? Seeing through the veiled threats, Snoke reluctantly reached down his shirt and retrieved a simple chain necklace. At its end was attached a piece of wood that had been taken from an oak tree, shaped into a sort of wand. With a thirteen, Gale could see that the wand had been modified, or perhaps poorly repaired after snapping in half. Gale also strongly believed that it would make the wand's powers less reliable, dangerous even. Noke looked toward the sheep nervously. Ah. When animals are turned into sentient creatures, they sometimes say all manner of foolish things. So don't be alarmed if it claims to be a king or a similar fancy. Be warned, I'm going to scold him harshly the second I'm an elf again. Things may get fairly uncivil. Okay, I'm ready. Stand back. Noke raised his arms into the air dramatically, throwing back a cloak none of the team were even previously aware of. It initially just sort of looked like a blanket tripped over his shoulders, like he'd gotten out of bed and forgotten to take it off, but it was now revealed as a magnificent cape. The wizard almost looked as impressive as he was exhausted. All right, time to cast the damn spell. So your salt, a whole three magical words, a beam of colored light left the wand, leaping dramatically through the air toward the expectant sheep. Travis? What? Travis? Yeah, oh. Yes, Caitlin? I'm recording for Dark Dice. You're supposed to be working on Don't Mind. Oh, Don't Mind. Ah, crap. When's that due? Tomorrow. (gasps) Uh, Okay, well, then that's all the time we have, then. Thank you so much for listening to Dark Dice. We'll be back to the conclusion of part two, The Wild Sheep Chase, uh, on the 16th of next month. Dark Dice, Chapter 207B, Wild Sheep Chase, featuring Jeff Goldblum as the Silent One, Peter Lewis as Soren Arkwright, Holly Billinghurst and Sean Howard as Galen Glom Vogelberg, Rusty Moore as Ildrix, Paul Maya as Finithier Shinebright, Christopher Guerrero as Gazakolt as an Ahmed Noak, Gareth Root as Cilial, Dario Ullman as Old Man Rizzo, and Travis Vengroff as Dungeon Master. If you are interested in picking up a Crystal Cove flippable mattress by Brentwood Home, you can use the code DARKDICE with no spaces to get $150 off Crystal Cove, Oceano, and hybrid latex mattresses for the month of April. No joke, and a link is in the show notes. This episode had dialogue editing by Sarah Paczynski of Polarity Audio Works and Travis Vengroff. Produced with additional editing and sound design by Travis Vengroff. With mixing and mastering by Dane Leonardson. This episode featured music by Stephen Malin, Brandon Boone, and Travis Vengroff. To support this production and get access to bonus releases, music, world lore, art, and early access to future adventures and D&D materials, please join our Patreon at patreon.com slash foolinscholar. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram as at DarkDicePod. This is a Fool and Scholar production. Thank you for listening.